I heard it on DeRay's podcast. It was uh, one of his podcasts called The 5 a.m. Club. How yeah. he uh, has a, an alarm in the bathroom. Uh, so he has to get up and go to the bathroom. And then while he's in the bathroom, he brushes his teeth. Uh, and I guess with the mint and all that nice sparkling flavor in your mouth. And then after that, you have to get a cold, as cold as possible glass of water. Uh, uh, after those three things, I find it hard to sleep again. Uh, uh. I, like, I like how people have these you know, life hacks that help them, you know, create new habits. I mm-hmm. was just, I was just listening to this guy, Jay, Jay Shetty is his name. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He talks about how he puts his phone and his laptop in his car downstairs in order to avoid looking at his phone. The first thing he, when he wakes up in the morning. Hmm. So he just gets up and he doesn't even think about his phone and, he does. He does his daily, you know, med- mindfulness meditation and prayer and all that stuff before even thinking about Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I've been kind of playing with that idea because even Ryan Holiday said something like that too. And uh-huh, uh-huh. I was. I've been thinking about maybe putting a, creating a box or putting it on my dining table and just yeah. it overnight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting, and you know, we'll get we'll get into this, you know, as we as we proceed with the with the part with the podcast episode. Even back, 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 the great philosophers that sound like mythical gods, Seneca and Pluto, and the rest of them, um, you heard them uh, deriding, or should I say, talking about how. Even they were so, certain humans were so distracted even back then. So I don't think it's technology. It's just us trying to find the path of least resistance and following distractions that present themselves as, you know, um, uh, maybe a dopamine rush, yeah. a temporary dopamine rush. So we follow those until we get stuck in unproductivity. Yeah, temporary dopamine rush or escape from reality. The behavior is still the same. It's just the as the escape mechanism is, is different. But the mode of consumption. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well that's a that's a beautiful start to this episode. Um welcome to the Nomad Show. <laughs> welcome to the first episode of the second season of this show. Thank you for your support and encouragement. Thank you for your feedback and your comments. Thank you so, so much for the love. I can't do it without you guys. Thank you to the people that made the first season possible. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate everything that you do. I really appreciate your positive comments and your feedback. Um, I'm so, so thankful. This is a podcast for you if you find yourself in a new place geographically, mentally, uh, spiritually, emotionally, or otherwise. This is a show about philosophy, psychology, spirituality, and motivation. And together we will attempt to ponder human nature from the perspective of a sojourner, a nomad, a wanderer, the immigrant, the traveler. And uh, in this episode, I want to talk about balancing radical open-mindedness with self-confidence. I want you to think of something you hold in your mind as true. 
it may be a realization about yourself or your abilities it may be your true source of self-confidence it may be your your a personal characteristic for someone that you know or even an idea about the world or how the world works now what if i told you that that thing that you hold completely true is 100 percent wrong or what if i told you that that idea is not not completely true think of think of conflicting truths that we are exposed to in the current day and age and and how can something be both right and wrong at the same time how can something be right for me and wrong for you how can i be so so sure about something that someone else and someone in in another part of the world thinks is completely false how does that make you feel how did the possibility of you being wrong about an idea that you've closely held as true for a long time how does that affect your your schema how does that affect your your outlook you might continue to hold on to that idea and shun any possibility of it being false so you might reluctantly accept that possibility of, of the new idea while holding on to your preconceptions or you might completely let go of your prior closely held truth and consider a new idea what if we can hold something as true while considering the possibility of it being false how about we constantly challenge ourselves to 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 consider the possibility that our deeply held beliefs are not as true as we we first thought or may not be as correct as we think one thing i wanted to do with this new season is not only not just not just speak from my mind and from my research and from my reading of books but also invite people that i think are thought leaders and introspective people that i respect and people that i listen to and people that i go to for advice and people that i interact with and and gain from their wisdom and one way by which we can all grow is by you know, sharpening one another's skills and sharpening one another's, you know, thought patterns and thought processes. So I am lucky to be able to interact with this person on a nearly daily basis. You know, his name is Chinedu Akune. He is one of my very good friends from 15 years ago now we've been on this journey together for a long time. And, and over the years, I've learned so much from from this from this gentleman and and he's really you know been there for me at the deepest darkest moments in my life and and we've been able to to pull each other up and 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 learn from each other and and it is my honor to introduce to you the CEO of Harris Investments he is an entrepreneur, he's a pharmacist, he's a businessman, he's a real estate investor, he is a consultant, he's a he's a he's a millionaire. He he's just he's just killing it. He's just killing it. And I'm and I'm so proud of this dude and I'm so so impressed by him on a daily basis and, and he definitely challenges me to be a better version of myself. So without further ado, I introduce to you Chinedu Akune. 
<laughs> uh, wow. Uh, all I can say is it's a lot of compliments for this, like, miniature human. <laughs> oh. He's also really humble. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Um, all I can say is amen, because uh, some of those things haven't come to pass, but we pray they come to pass soon. So, amen. Yes, thank you very much. I really appreciate the honor and privilege to be on your show. Uh, the honor and privilege to be called a friend. The honor and privilege to... Uh, be sought after uh, uh, in not only easy times, but tough times. So I, I definitely appreciate it and I, I hope I can add value to your guests as we chat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for gracing my gracing our show with your presence. I really do appreciate it. So what do you think about that? You know, is there, I, I, I would like to hear your opinion on, on the thought I, I posed, you know, is there anything that you've you've held closely true that you eventually found out was false or or has there been time times in your life where you've you've held two or more conflicting ideas as maybe possibly equally true uh yes yes i I would like to start with this well. I can't say it's a quote anymore because I haven't used it in a while, so I'll paraphrase. Uh, but back from when I used to debate at Monroe, University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, shout out. Wahawks. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, there was a, a saying that we had from the philosopher John Locke. He said, and I paraphrase, not because the whole world thinks something is true necessarily means it's true. Hmm. So with that, I, uh, I try not to have absolutes. Um, I try not to be, I mean, we as humans want to see the world as black and white or as right or wrong, uh, or as if it's not us, it's them. However, there is how about we consider the gray? Hmm. The gray where both could be true because only in gray is white and black true. That is true. We, now, there are things that I absolutely believe is true and there are, um, especially with things of religion and with faith. Uh, however, I am absolutely open to counter-argument. I'm absolutely open to logic. I'm absolutely open to other train of thoughts that might be better than mine, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm absolutely, as long as it's verifiable, as long as it's, it's uh, should I say, yeah, as long as it's verifiable, sure, I would definitely explore it, you know? Um, I mean, with me, I'm a Christian, and the book for me is the Bible. So as long as whoever's thought process, even if it's counter to mine, I will entertain it. And as long as it's verifiable by the Bible, hmm. maybe I have understood. Maybe have I've, I had the wrong understanding of the Bible, of that piece of the Bible before, and I'm open to definitely considering a new, new trend of thought. As long as it is backed up by the Bible, mm. I'm okay with it. Mm. Mm. I, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom to that because 
you know, we, we have this one track mind sometimes and we believe these things, these things. And, you know, we don't, we don't always check ourselves, you know, we don't always seek counsel or seek other people's opinion because, you know, sometimes we're afraid of being wrong, you know, and, and I, I'm reading this book right now called Principles by Ray Dalio. And he talks about, you know, this radical open-mindedness where you pose your own idea and your own version of the truth and you invite other people to challenge it and to check it and to, to, come, up with, to come up with positives and negatives about your idea where you come up with a new version of the truth. And you know that reminds me of that Bible verse in the multitude of counsel there is safety and and I, I think I don't know if you remember this uh, story about uh, the blind man each like trying to figure out what part of the elephant they're touching, and one of them is like, "Man, this is a flat surface." And the other one is like, this is a long surface. This is a long animal. This is a snake. The other one is like, wow, this is really leathery. This must be an alligator. And the other one is like, oh, this is flappy. This must be an eagle, you know. But they are looking at different versions of the truth, you know. And it, when they all put, finally put their heads together, they were like, oh, we are actually, you know, touching an elephant. Well, less than an elephant. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can put it that way. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely, a, um, that's definitely a thought to be explored because even Drake said we're in, this, in one of his lines, and I'm not the biggest Drake fan, but I know you are. But he said Shut something up. about uh, we're in the same building, but we've got different views. Mm. And mm. I mean... You know, yeah, two people can be staring at the exact same thing, but have totally different interpretations of it. Partially, well, let me not say partially. Probably because they have totally different backgrounds and totally different uh, colors with which life has been painted. Yeah, different lenses that they're yeah. looking at things through. Mm. How do you how do you figure out what your principles are? Because we all have to. We all have to, you know, come up with our modus operandi and, and ways by which we live our lives and see the world. So how do you determine your, your MO? Actually, I would like to say it's hard, but not really. Um, and I didn't get super clear on this until recently. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Jay Massey, shout out to him. Uh, we, during one of our sessions, he said how he recenters himself, which is what made it super clear for me. And some of you might recognize this from the Bible. He says, uh, he, he asks, what is true? What is noble? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? What is excellent? And what is praiseworthy? Set your mind on these things. Think on these things. Mm-hmm. So if 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 I ask those those seven questions, by the time I get through the seven, I'll have my answer. Mm. You know, 
Um, and that's how I try to proceed, um, regardless of how crazy things are, how overwhelming things may be, or how absolutely right or wrong or good or bad things may feel in the moment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, whenever I ask, is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Uh, is it pure because will I, will I, will I f- be okay with the world seeing this? Uh-huh. You know, uh, is it lovely? Is it excellent? Is it the best I possibly can do? And is it praiseworthy? I mean, I'm not really going for the praise, but is it either praiseworthy or shameworthy, I guess? Mm. Uh, If it's all those, then sure. Mm. I'll try to proceed Mm. as much as I can. Yeah, That's, that's, that's very valuable, I think, because nowadays when... You know, we we have a lot of different ideas and ideals and 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 different philosophies and schools of thought that are pulling us in many different directions. And it is easy for someone who doesn't have a solid foundation or solid spiritual or philosophical uh, foundation to be pulled in so many different uh, directions. While it is important to consider these things, it's also important to have a true North Star. And, and that's, you know, I, I find, you know, what you said very profound to, to have this, you know, kind of decision gates and, and, you know, check yourself by asking this question. I think, I think that's, uh, that's, that's very, that's very, uh, that's very cool. And uh, thank you for sharing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is if you could share, you know, your, your spiritual, philosophical, emotional journey into like the kind of, uh, uh, defining moments that you've gone through in your life that has, that has helped you sort of create these, these ideals and ideas that you, that you live your life by and, and think about on a daily basis and as motivations to be better and motivations to uh, improve upon yourself. Uh, absolutely. That's, uh, we as humans seem to learn best from deep emotional pain. Mm. And, um, well, either learn or crumble. Mm. But uh, if you're anti-fragile, like Nassim Talib, you actually learn and become better mm. and become better than you were before. Um, now, I haven't read that book. However, with conversations with you, <laughs> I think I've Im- imbibed a good bit of that book over yeah. the months. <laughs> sure, sure. However, um, most of my, a lot of my guiding principles, a lot of my, ideas or thoughts have been shaped from deep loss. Mm. Uh, You know, uh, in college, in the second year of my professional program, I lost one of my closest friends and classmates, study buddy. Mm. Uh, And I questioned everything. Mm. I was a relatively quote unquote good boy up until that point. I was straight and narrow. I didn't do any, anything. Um, and um, we finished finals, hung out that night, um, went to bed, and he headed back to Georgia. Uh, woke up to a call. 
from someone asking for a family member. Mm. Uh, of course, you can't sleep again after that. Mm. And um, wondering what's going on and they can't tell you anything because you're not the family member. So I try to direct them to as you know, best as possible to who I could think of. And I uh, got a call a few minutes later from a mutual friend of ours saying that he passed. Mm. Uh, December 12, 2009. And uh, December 12, 2009, I became a different person. Mm. I, um, in many ways, I'll say I lost my way. Mm. Uh, however, I also believe that everything works together for good, mm. uh, for my good as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things that I held firmly true were thrown away. Mm. Um, a lot of things that I thought I was doing for a purpose, for this, for that, all of that was trashed. Um, oh. And if you were wondering who that friend was, it's uh, Okello, David Hillary, who mm -hmm. I'll always have, um, mm -hmm. uh, have as uh, a motivation for the things that I do. Mm. Um, anyway, I questioned everything. I questioned religion. I questioned work. I questioned school. I questioned mm. life. I questioned friends. I questioned the value of life. Mm. Um, and only slowly but surely uh, did, did, thanks to God, thanks to lots of friends, um, key of which was uh, my roommate at the time, or former roommate, uh, he would, him and his girlfriend would come drag me out of my class, my room, my dark room, because I didn't want to even turn on the light mm. every day so that, I could, so that they would force me to study. And that's mm. how I got through the professional program. Mm. Uh, but slowly but surely, I started picking up pieces and reforming um, things about the world that I mm -hmm. thought I knew that are now different. Mm -hmm. um, right when I thought I was done picking up, seven years later, Another my one. dad, yeah, mm -hmm. um, lost my dad, and. Uh, this time, however, I was determined not to lose myself like I did the last time. Uh, so I did grieve, however, and I still do. Uh, I try to institute productive tasks, productive ways of grieving. Um, so uh, when I came back from the funeral, I, I was often on and running I decided I was going to find a running club to hold me accountable to running. Mm. So that was a bit of a productive way of dealing because running, I think, is meditation uh, in its way. And uh, that helped. Uh, the camaraderie of the runners helped. Uh, I decided to start talking to mom every day. Mm. That helped. Talking to brother every day as well. So, um, and I decided I was going to do a, f a smoothie cleanse or a fruit cleanse. Everything I did, I just targeted it in 30 day increments. 
and just was was as productive as I possibly could because you know you fall into depression and, and all these craziness and you uh-huh. stress eat and all that good stuff. But uh-huh. I decided to go to create little little structures at a time because the world is crazy. You can't absolutely control anything. Control is an illusion. So uh-huh. if you pick one thing you can control, which is what I did, I figured okay if I controlled my diet just daily, maybe eating fruits and veggies, that maybe after a month, I'll probably be a little bit healthier Uh (laughs) as opposed to binging on on any other thing. At least Um, be in a healthier mental space. Yes. Uh Yes. Uh So those those ways were how I was able to, quote unquote, grind out, get over. and stay open to to other ideas that were not mine. Stay open to, you know, because you, you question a lot of things when you lose close close relatives. You mm-hmm. question life. You question yeah. the meaning of things. Loved ones in general, yeah. However, uh, when you go back to, you know, what's true, what's noble, mm-hmm. what's praiseworthy, and the other four mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were those were things that I kept thinking on, and mm-hmm. uh, kept proceeding. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very that's very profound. Thank you for sharing those those stories, and and that those are really devastating, life changing events that could happen to anybody. You know, even one of those two things is enough to to break someone down for the rest of their lives. And you've you've gone through two of them, so you know, kudos to you. And, and I really appreciate, you know, that spirit of resilience that you have. And it reminds me of this quote by uh, Victor Frankl. And Victor Frankl is a guy, is a uh, Austrian neurologist, psychiatrist who was in the, who was in the, in the uh, constitution camps, concentration camps in, uh, during the Holocaust. And he, he says that between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And our response lies our growth and freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that really spoke to me because sometimes we don't choose what happens to us. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't choose the events that life throws at us, but we can choose how we react. And, and, and how we react really is a testament not only to who we are, but who we can become. And I think that's, uh, that's, very, that's very important to, to keep in mind. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, is if you, think about, if you think back at who you were before those things happened and who you are now after those things happened and after time has passed, like do you are you almost thankful that those things happened or how do you how do you think about your life in the context of those traumatic events that that happened to you yes in the moment you don't think thankful as a word however yes i am thankful Uh i am grateful because again everything works together for my good i believe i strongly believe that everything that happens to me regardless of how bad or good Uh is 
something that needs to happen for me to get to the next step. Mm. Uh, uh, now, with loss time and time again, um, I had no fear of loss. Mm. In 2017, a year after I lost my dad, my house flooded. Mm. And guess what I did? After I took everything off, because it slowly flooded. After I took everything off the ground, I literally just sat on the couch and watched it. Mm. Mm. What do you do? Yeah. That's that space. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember who said that anything, news is news. There is no good news or bad news. It's how you handle that space, how you respond uh-huh. to, to the news is what makes it good or bad. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I was just like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'm going to have to do some renovations. <laughs> it's opportunity to do some home improvements. <laughs> Yeah, home improvement time. Thanks, insurance money. <laughs> you know? Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, and, and thankfully that happened because now my place is even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, and now I got my first taste of construction and I'm not scared of construction anymore. Yeah. One can, you can I, almost say that, that when, when those things happen to you, it's almost like your life flooded. Yeah. It's almost like your emotion. You have this flood of emotion. Your, your, yeah. your entire, my, your entire worldview is flooded. And that is an opportunity for life improvement, an opportunity yeah. for, for reconstruction, an opportunity for retooling. And, and one has to be, thankful for these opportunities you know granted it'll be it'll be awesome and great if we can just get the improvement without the flooding (laughs) you know you know it'll be great if we can just get get the positive without the downside but one has to be thankful for the downside in order to really reap the benefit of the good that comes with it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and you are correct about the flooding. Um, and honestly, yes, we would be happy to get the good without the bad. However, if we don't have that tragedy, that traumatic event, that life shift, we would we would probably move through life or coast through life like normal. Mm-hmm. Prime example: we are recording in the middle of the corona craziness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has forced the entire world to sit still and reassess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that did not happen, we would probably still have been just coasting. Yeah, busy yeah. doing absolutely nothing. But now we realize we're really not that busy. Uh-huh. A lot of things we thought were important are really uh, not that we important. We don't have to be that busy. We don't have to be. Uh-huh. You don't have to show up anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if this does not happen, 
we would not have, I mean, I know, yes, there's some people who are absolutely suffering during this time. Yeah. And my heart goes out to them and my heart goes out to the frontline workers, the everyone from mm -hmm. physicians to nurses to respiratory to orderlies at the hospital, even to the sanitation staff, to the EMT, the cops, the, the grocery store workers, the delivery drivers, everyone, my heart goes out to everyone and those who also lost their job in this situation. However, I know that there are people today that will come out better because of the coronavirus. True, true that. Mm -hmm. who, which of them are we going to be? Those mm -hmm. who crumble or those who come out better? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's very that's that's a that's a very wonderful that's an that's an amazing thought because when when things are happening, we tend to just focus on me, 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 me. How is this affecting me? How is this? How does this make me feel? How am I gonna you know cope with all this? But but when we look at it in the grand scheme of things and, and just focus on how to improve out of this, then the, the me becomes less significant, you know? And I think, I think that's, 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 that's a really solid, uh, uh, it's a really, you know, profound thought because if we can take ourselves out of the equation, then, then a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the angst, a lot of the, the hurt and the dismay that comes with these things, whatever it is, if you can just think about yourself as being less significant, then the negative feelings that come with the things that happen also become less significant. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's one, that's one thing that I've, that I've learned and, and I really try to go back to that and, 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 uh, and really think about that, and, you know, all these things that we talk about, it's very easy to talk about. Yeah. But, but when it comes time to put them into action, that's when the real work needs to be done. Absolutely. You know. I'm going to tell a random story. It may seem please. not to this. Do, please However. do. We'll find a way to tie it in. No. So, you, you know I try to run Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. After I run, I try to do at least 50 push-ups and 10 pull-ups. Wow. Which one do you think is the easier one to do? For you, I'll probably... No, just period. 50 the versus 10. The 10, the 10 pull-ups will be easier because it's less, right? Yeah. But so that's a trick question. That is a trick question. <laughs> so when I, when I finish the run, of course, the last thing I want to do is go down and do some push-ups. Mm. But guess what I tell myself? I'm just like, man, this is the easy part. Mm. Think about the pull-ups. Those pull-ups are hard. This is the easy <laughs> part. Yeah. Go down and I knock out 50. Mm. And then when I go to the, to the pull-up bar, mm. I'm like, man, this is the easy part. The 50 push. <laughs> You've done the hard part already. You've done the hard part. This is the easy part. Not to talk of the run you did before all of that. I don't, yeah. but the mm. thing is, you're constantly tricking your mind. Mm. What is news? Mm. You know? How do you receive it? How do you tell yourself? How do you psych yourself up to go for it? Mm. You know? If you say it's easy, or you, if you think it's easier, you think it's hard, guess what? You are correct. Mm. If you mm. think, okay, regardless, I'm going to go through this. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if it's easy or hard. 
Mm. I'm going to get about... ups done and 10 pull-ups done. That's what's going to happen. Mm. Mm. It's about so what, 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 what do you think about it? Mm. Yeah, it's about, it's about how you choose to see it. Revenge. Yeah, it's about what you focus on. And who said that? Like what you focus on expands? I don't remember. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, but it's it's true because if you if there are nine good things that happened to me today and one bad thing and I focus on that one bad thing, it feels like I had a bad day. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But if I focus on that, on those nine good things, I'm like, oh, wow, I had the best day ever. Absolutely. I don't know mm -hmm. if I told you about my morning routine, which, of course, I'm constantly playing with, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, the, now I try to journal every day. Oh, nice. I start the journal with three blocks, three things. First, I write three things I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. then I write five reasons I'm successful mm. and it doesn't even matter mm. what they are I could say I'm grateful for the soft bed that I'm lying on I'm grateful to be able to hear the fan spinning above my head mm. I'm successful because I woke up today mm. I'm successful because I can feel my fingers mm. that I can walk to the bathroom things we don't really actually lately my one of the things that has been constant in my in the last two weeks is i'm successful because of water mm. however and then after writing the five reasons i'm successful i write three goals i want to accomplish for the day that will move me forward mm. when when i start my day that way i've started the day being grateful I've also started the day reminding myself that I'm successful, regardless of what success is to you, me, anyone. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It doesn't have to be that I closed a big deal today. Uh -huh. Those are just results of things you've done before. Right. You know? So, and then I target three main goals that will move me forward. When I have that clarity in the morning, I'm going. Uh -huh. And again, it's perspective. It's the way you set up yourself for, for the day. You know, so regardless of what hits you, you're able to, okay, all right, this is, this is, you can step back and have that space between what happens and the reaction. Mm, mm. That's very, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's very important because I, like starting your day with that, you know, clarity and centeredness is, is really important because, you know, I think it was, Brene Brown that talked about how in this world we're always we go to we we go to sleep thinking we didn't get enough done and we wake up thinking we didn't get enough sleep you know it's that not enough not enough not enough and and when you start your day just reminding yourself of who you are and what you've done and and how accomplished you are, even the little things that you have to tell yourself to remind yourself that you are on this earth for a reason, I think is, uh, that, that goes a long way. And I think we, we, should all, we should all do more of that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Honestly, thank you. Because 
you, you shared that Brene Brown quote with me sometime last year and it stuck with me because I do that too. I, I, I try not to. I, I go to bed feeling like I haven't done enough work. Mm. I wake up feeling like I haven't gotten enough sleep. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I up, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I remind myself that I'm successful, even mm-hmm. if it means that I put my left foot in front of my right. And then try to figure out three more ways to put my left foot in front of my right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. After I do those things, we're going. And so thank you for bringing that to my awareness and, and uh, pushing me to, to be better. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you for, for always listening. Um, I don't know how much time you have. We could keep talking. You know, we could... We could take a commercial break. We have uh, we have a sponsor. We have uh, Pure Water and Zobo. <laughs> High quality. quality Zobo all the way from Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, specifically about this topic is, if you can think about, and this is you know off the cuff, you know, think about one truth that you. One truth that you held highly a long time ago that now seems completely false to you right now. And the, the reason why I want, I want you to kind of explore that topic with me is because we are constantly evolving. Yeah. And, and what we think today may not be true to us tomorrow or six months from now or a year from now or five years from now. And, and I just want you to share a little bit about something that uh, sticks out in your mind, you know, maybe whatever it is, you know, that you once thought was true or you once thought was false. Now you think is the opposite. Something that I once thought was true was go to school, get a job, invest in 401k Mm. and hopefully retire one day when you can, try to enjoy the world. Mm. I thought that was true. And I did it. Mm. I went to school. I finished. Got a good job. Almost considered dropping out a couple of times. But you know, the African parents, Nigerian parents specifically, <laughs> I let you do that too. No, no. Never <laughs> <laughs> Evil spirits. We bind them in Jesus' name. <laughs> Vagabond spirits. <laughs> However, I got through, and um, and now I'm reconsidering those because I have now started considering the apprenticeship model, mm. and that is before schools, before formal schools, people train under apprentices. Mm. Leonardo da Vinci trained under an apprentice. I don't remember his name now. I'll have my assistant look that up for us while you're talking. Just keep talking. Okay. Thank you. Um, Sigmund Freud on an apprentice. A lot of these people never really went to technically school. However, they had great feats because they had great mentors. Even someone we know very well, Warren Buffett, had, mm. I believe, Stephen Graham mm. as his mentor. Mm. Oh, hold on. Andrea Del Verrocchio is the name of of, uh, Da Vinci's mentor. Thank you. Thank you, assistant. 
much. <laughs> so, and even today, if you see coaches, most coaches had great mentors. Mm. You know, in back in the day, if you wanted to be a carpenter, a doctor, lawyer, you trained under that person mm. for many years, and you came out and did what you wanted to do. However, now it seems like the school system is just a capitalist system. It's just a system to get you in, get as much money as possible, promise you a job that may never pay off your loans. It's a cycle, right? You know, they, they make you get loans so they can keep you working to pay exactly. off those loans. Exactly. Yeah. So now I do have a radical idea. I don't know if I want to share that on this show. <laughs> you heard it here first. The moment, uh, Season two, episode one, <laughs> May but, 5, 2020. Yes, sir. Happy Cinco de Mayo, by the way. And Cinco de happy early birthday. It's an oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank yes, you. You got a few more hours to turn up. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I don't believe in the school system as it is mm. anymore. Uh, and I don't, unless something drastically changes, I don't know if my children will go through the school system as it is. Mm. Interesting. What's the, what's the alternative? Uh, mentorship and apprenticeship. Wow. Now, of course, there's a lot of homeschooling, and we're going to definitely explore that mm -hmm. uh, by God's grace, time and everything for Aligned. Um, uh -huh. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm probably like many years ahead because I'm currently single, of course. <laughs> However, I still think of these things because mm. how about let the kid be the kid? Mm. If they have an affinity for music, send them to a music school or send them to a musician that trains them. Mm -hmm. You know? Now, of course, it's a little harder because you have to vet the musician and with all the craziness in the world. Yeah, that's not the easiest path. It's easier to throw them in school and forget about them. Yeah. I hate to say it that way. That's, that's a good point. Uh, I would, one thing I would say to that is a lot of people don't start out having any affinity for anything. Yeah. And, and partly because I think of how limited the stimulus is yes we don't expose people to that many things yeah. you know a kid that grows up in san francisco isn't gonna learn about basket weaving and pottery in africa the exposure that we we provide kind of determines the affinity that we create you know, or what we are exposed to determines what we end up liking or like to do, you know, and, and, and part of, part of the current school system is trying to create that exposure and create that, that, uh, variety of, of learning opportunities. But, you know, that may not be the way of the future, as you're saying. No, it may not. Because, mm. uh, I mean, my, the things that I have most affinity to today, were things that my dad exposed me to, my parents exposed me to, mm. and almost mistakenly. Like what? Like my, 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 my dad read a book early, 2000 and something, early 2000, and it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. 
he gave it to me when I was 13. Like, what is a 13-year-old having to do with a business, finance, whatever book? Mm. But I read that book and I really loved it mm. at 13. Mm. And guess what? I went down that rabbit hole so hard, yeah. <laughs> you know? Now, now, now he controls a company that owns over 22 properties. Come on, bro. Shout out. <laughs> but Very impressive. Thing- Thank you, thank you, sir. But another thing that my dad exposed me to was travel. When I was, I believe it was 14, uh, I got sent on a two-week excursion to England and France. Uh Nothing school-related. So I don't even remember what I learned in school up until those points. Uh And honestly, I don't remember much of what I learned after. Uh However, business and travel have always been on my mind Mm. and creating those experiences for people, creating ways to better people Mm. have always been my driving force. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting because we, you know, as African kids, we grew up, you know, you're either going to become a doctor or a lawyer or a failure. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and, and that is, that is, bitten into us and and we we grow up wanting to be these things partly because that's all we know and that's all we're trained to know and and it's not until later in life that we now start to think about other options and think about what else we could be how else we could make an impact you know what are the other possibilities what are the other paths that we can take in this in this world and Obviously, being a pharmacist and being a lawyer and being a doctor, all those things give you options financially to explore other avenues of creativity, but at the same time, can possibly explore those avenues of creativity earlier in life and have more of a head start than, you know, than after, you know, spending decades and hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in, in pursuing this education. I'm sure you love being a pharmacist. I love being a physician, but but we what what we're what we're saying is we are so much more. Definitely, definitely. We're more than the titles. We're more than the 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 boxes that people put us in, uh-huh. or that we even try to put ourselves in. Sure. Uh, that's what Don Miguel Ruiz calls domestications. Right, right. What are domestications? Domestications, uh, I don't want to like hurt Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, However, um, domestications from what I've understood from Don Miguel Ruiz is the way we are programmed to be Mm. by the wants, needs, fears of other people that came before us, Mm. society, by our parents. Mm. People imposing their wishes or their wants on us, mm. like I guess training an animal to do certain things, mm. domesticating that animal, domesticating that animal. So we are domesticated to think that, especially maybe from from Nigerian African families, if you're not a lawyer, doctor, nurse, whatever, you're a failure. However, they're successful Nigerian African musicians. They're successful mm-hmm. athletes. Uh-huh. They're successful uh-huh. other things. Uh-huh. 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 Where, where do you think that came from? Where do you think the desire to put 
push kids to become some sort of healthcare professional, where do you think that came from? From an from a historical point of view, is it a is it a matter of escaping poverty through education? Possible, possible. I don't. I wouldn't claim to say that I know. Hmm. Uh, however, that could be a because everyone wants their kid. I hope every good parent wants their kid to be better than them, hmm. and everyone um, tends to see sometimes other as more glamorous mm. everyone tends to or people tend to see the grass as greener on the other side mm. tend to see oh this doctor looks so prestigious or this lawyer looks so prestigious this whatever looks so prestigious but mm. this musician who is an absolute free spirit flying by the seat of their parent who probably may be just as successful or even more successful doesn't mm. seem responsible enough in the public eye. So mm. <laughs> we yeah, paint them back and paint this one good. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, Ascribing individual attributes to the to the attributes of the profession. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from a person that loves music, a lot of these musicians are really, really profound. A lot of these artists are really, really profound. And some rooms you will be in with quote-unquote Leonard people and you go, wait, what? And you have this degree? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you spend 14, 15 years in school learning about organic chemistry, that is all you're going to know. Yeah. And there is a whole lot else to this world that we live in definitely you know and and there's uh there's wisdom in in a whole lot of other things that that we miss out on because we are so pigeonholed and so you know tunnel visioned into one specific point of view yes you know and that doesn't always have to be Education, it could be what you, the way you think your life is supposed to go or, or how you think the world is supposed to work or how you think people are supposed to behave, how you think you're supposed to behave or how you think you're supposed to handle your investments or you're supposed to handle your money or you're supposed to, to how many hours a week you're supposed to work. I think it's important to be open-minded and to consider so many different possibilities and opportunities because you never know what you're going to find. Life is like a box of chocolates. To piggyback off your how many hours we're supposed to work in a week, one of my next books on my wish list is the four-hour work week. We usually think we're supposed to work really good four- book. Oh, you've read it? Shout out Tim Ferriss. <laughs> wow. I didn't know you read it. Anyway, I've... Uh, Every, the world thinks we're supposed to work 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss challenges us to think you can work a tenth of that and still be as productive. Mm-hmm. 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 So uh, being open to being challenged, being open to truths that you firmly believed, mm-hmm. or truths that the world believes, and challenging that and exploring for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, productivity is a really wonderful thing. And leveraging 
other people's productivity is is also all the more wonderful you know if you can mentor more delegate more empower more make other people more productive you become more productive yeah that's one thing i learned from my mentor during my fellowship year it's unbelievable the amount of volume and that came from him mentoring and empowering me to be more independent to make me more productive thereby making him more productive absolutely and 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 that goes for that goes for you know all the successful people in 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 the world like bill gates doesn't make computers himself anymore he doesn't write software code himself anymore you know elon musk doesn't build cars himself he has delegated empowered other people to be more productive thereby making himself more productive yeah zig ziglar i believe was the one that said uh you give people what they want i'm paraphrasing if you give people what they want you get what you want that's 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 true that is true it's a give and take yeah it's a give and take man this this has been this has been wonderful um we've we've spent over an hour already and it's it's felt like you know five minutes i i'm so excited that that we we were lucky enough to to get uh chinedu on the show today um i hope you've been equally as blessed as i have been by by spending time talking with him and and learning from his experience and and sharing from his knowledge um i want to thank you for for spending time with us and sharing your knowledge i really appreciate all that you've you've uh you've taught me over the past hour um i really i really am blessed by by all that we've talked about um a couple of questions for for you this is kind of the rapid fire um question answer so uh, i'm going to ask you a few questions and i want you to answer um as quickly as as possible Uh, you ready born ready all right favorite book rich i poor dad favorite movie that's a tough one godfather number two okay favorite song that's tough now um right now it will be Varias Queixas by Gilsons. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up. What's that? Say that again. Varias Queixas. So v- m- many wants by okay. Gilsons. It's a Brazilian song. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, favorite place you've traveled? Brazil. Where in Brazil? Salvador. Mm, got it. Got it. Specifically, no. Let me not say Salvador. The state of Bahia, specifically Chapada Diamantina. Chapada. I've heard a lot about Chapada. Mostly from you, but but it sounds like a, sounds like a place I want to visit soon. It's a Zen place. It's, it's actually one of the places that I go that I know that I probably wouldn't get phone service. <laughs> and that's that's a good thing sometimes. Yeah. That's a, that's awesome. Um this is this is a question that I came up with on the fly. What is one thing about yourself that you're still figuring out? Me. I'm still figuring out who I am. 
Tell me more. Daily. Um, because if you, if, you, if you stay gray, you stay open. If you stay gray, you stay open to, to being. I mean, we are human beings. Mm. We are being something. So uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I, I know that I'm going to try to be the best version of myself every day. Mm. What that looks like, I have no idea. Mm. Mm. You're focusing on the journey and not the destination. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. I put that on my side. <laughs> stay gray, stay open. <laughs> <laughs> stay gray, stay cray. <laughs> stay gray, stay cray. I like that. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, this has been another episode of the Nomad Show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for Chinedu for gracing us with his presence today. Um, for show notes, visit thenomadshow.com. Follow us on Twitter at nomadshowtweets and follow Chinedu at The Immigrant Investor Show. Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere. The Immigrant Investor Show. Yes. Thank you and God bless.